Aristo here with George Mason University. Um, this is the second of two episodes on the sport education model by Dr. Tristan Wallhead from the University of Wyoming. Uh, the last episode, which is just below this in the feed, um, talked about what it would actually look like if you went out to watch a sport education uh, session. So I'll let uh, Tristan go ahead and follow up with the second episode. In the second of the series of podcasts on sport education, I'd like to talk about key factors that teachers need to consider in planning a sport education season, and specifically through the decision tree that's been found to be helpful when designing seasons. Starting with curricular factors such as the selection of the sport and the length of the season, I'll move through more pedagogical factors such as the allocation of students to teams, the development of roles, as well as the progression of the content. Finally, I'll try and explain ways in which a season of sport education can be made particularly festive through the creation of various culminating events. In attempting to implement any new form of teaching requires forethought and planning related to the key aspects of the pedagogies that need to be included. For many teachers, the sport education model represents a significant pedagogical shift in terms of their role in class management, organisation and task presentation. To facilitate this transition, it is important that the, key, the teacher considers several key factors. These key factors should include curricular decisions such as the selection of the sport or the activity the le- and the length of the season, but also pedagogical decisions related to developing festivity, how to facilitate student management and learning when they are in placed in instructional roles. This podcast provides some specific guidelines on points to consider in making these curricular and pedagogical decisions. Selection of the sport or activity. The first task is to select the sport or activity you wish to use for the season. Seedon Top advocates for the use of the UNESCO concept of sport for all, which recognises many forms of physical activity as sport. By consequence, it is possible to complete seasons of sport education activities such as dance, orienteering, weightlifting or swimming, as it is to plan for seasons of team sports such as netball, basketball, volleyball or softball. All that changes with the selection of sport are the more appropriate ways to organise teams and competitions. In selecting appropriate sport to use within a sport education season, the teacher needs to be aware of the three factors of class size, experience, teaching space and available equipment and game modifications. Talking about class size and experience, the number of students in a class and their experience with the selected activity will need to be taken into account. In the first case, class size has an influence on the number of teams you will include for the season. It is generally recommended for team sport formats that you make an odd number of teams, as this will allow for teams to play while one team officiates. The student's experience with your chosen sport will also have an impact on the number of teams as well as game modifications. For sports that are newer to the students, it is perhaps better to have fewer but larger teams. Using this format, it would be easy to include some form of graded competitions, in other words, where there is two, two levels of skill divisions, allowing for more developmentally appropriate gameplay. One key factor in the decision to include a spot is the extent to which you can provide students with quality opportunities for practice and gameplay. For example, a class of 24 students could comfortably complete a tennis or badminton league with only four courts. 
However, the, the, the same number of students would need three volleyball courts to engage in a 3v3 season. Equipment issues are also relevant in selecting activity. While there is less equipment needed during match play, what is critical is that each team has sufficient resources to engage in appropriate practice, where all players have sufficient opportunities to improve. In terms of modifying the game, a modified game is one where the number of players, the rules, the equipment and length of context are adapted to suit the skills and experiences of the players who will be participating. Decisions about the extent to which the game is modified will be influenced by the, fa by the factors already noted, that is, number of students, player experience and the availability of space and equipment. Length of the season. Of all the features of sport education, the one that is considered the most critical is the amount of time allocated to a season. From a teacher's perspective, there is much more to get accomplished during the sport education season in terms of accommodating new pedagogies. However, it is the voices of students who have repeatedly suggested that they have more opportunities to practice, play in more games and achieve more learning. As a result, the gold standard seems to be 18 to 20 lessons of 45 minutes for students in middle or high school, or 15 lessons of 30 minutes for those in primary grades. Both of these allocations are flexible given local constraints, but should be viewed as best case scenarios. Engaging the length of the season, the three factors of curricular requirements of lesson length and the frequency of lessons need to be considered. In terms of curricular requirements, in very few cases are teachers given total independence in making curricular decisions about content or the time they wish to spend in, in teaching specific content. For example, a national time allocation of 80 hours per year was used as a guide by writers during the development of the Australian curriculum. However, in this case, decisions regarding time allocation for each learning area remain a responsibility of the specific districts and states. The length of an individual lesson has implications for a number of features of the season design. During early lessons, decisions will need to be made about how long the teacher plans for direct instruction about content and how much of the lesson will be given over to teams for independent practice. Later in the season, lesson length will dictate how many games are played. In most in elementary settings, it is possible to complete two 10-minute games, including transitions, within a 30-minute lesson. For students in higher grades with longer lessons, not only can matches be extended, but the number of games can also be increased. In terms of lesson frequency, the number of lessons per week will also have a significant impact on season length. For example, in a district where students participate in daily physical education, it is possible to complete a 20-lesson season in just one month. This allows for more season to be completed within the curricular program and allows for other activities conducted using a different instructional model or teaching approach. On the other hand, where teachers have only two lessons available per week, a single sport education season might occupy the majority of an academic term or semester. Teams and roles. And central to sport education is the idea of the team. In sport education, students become members of teams early in the season and stay with that same team throughout the season. This idea of team membership and the consequential forms of affiliation have been found to be a particularly attractive component of the model. For example, at the elementary level, we, we've shown that this team membership um, can show, uh, as revealed, students' investments in relation to their sense of identity and involvement as members of a persistent group. Prolonged exposure to sport education develops student social bonds by promoting peer social uh, approval for, for participating in the model. 
Subsequently, these social bonds strongly predict students' perceived relatedness to peers and their enjoyment of the sport education experience. There are three factors that need to be taken into account when creating teams. These are the mechanisms for team selection, the choice of roles that students will perform within their teams and the responsibilities associated with each of these roles. In terms of team selections, while there are many different ways in which students can be allocated to teams, it is critical that teams are as evenly matched as possible. This is to create competitions where the outcomes are uncertain, thereby promoting investment and motivation to improve. It is also important to consider factors beyond skill level as important in creating even teams. Attention be given to, should be given to issues of gender where they may have an effect on performance as well as being aware of student social status and facilitating leadership and social development within teams. The simplest format of team selection is where the teacher allocates students to teams prior to the season. In this way, team announcement can take place in the very first lesson and details of team identity and affiliation can take place as the season begins. There are cases, however, where the teacher involves students in the selection process. Students can often provide valuable insight into factors such as student social status or in the case of a new activity details about which students participate in that sport outside of school. At times it may be necessary to delay team selection until there has been a few introductory instructional lessons. This is, this is particularly the case where the sport is new to most students and the teacher does not have a good read on the varying levels of skill. In activities such as swimming or gymnastics, Teachers will often have students complete a few tasks and together with a group of students and use the rankings or ratings of these performances to select equal teams. In terms of team roles, a guiding principle of sport education is to involve students in the conduct of the sport experience. As a result, teachers create a number of different sport-based roles which can relate to either the functioning of teams or the conduct of competitions. Research tells us that there are high levels of student engagement in these non-playing roles and that students report they enjoy taking on such responsibilities. Examples of the most common types of roles include student coach, equipment manager, fitness leader, referee and team publicist, although this list is by no means exhaustive and independent on the sport that is being covered. No matter which roles are included, the responsibilities associated with each role need to be clearly defined. Specific time should be allocated in the season plan to help train students in the roles as they, as they will be taking. Planning for a student-centred pedagogy associated with sport education. While seasons take place under the overall leadership of the teacher, the inclusion of these student roles shifts some of the responsibility for learning to peers. As a result, the teacher not only needs to plan the managerial instructional tasks involved in the season, but also has to plan ways to support students in taking responsibility for many of these tasks. There are four factors that need to be taken into account when planning for class management and student learning in sport education. These relate to class routines, content development, instructional support and assessment. Class routines. Effective teachers have strong class class managerial capabilities and allocate time for students to learn lesson protocols. These include um, entry into the gym, when, what is going to be the nature of the first activity, how to organise transition from practice to matches, how to uh, collect information and points at the end of matches and then how to end and close class. 
content development, there are four key tasks the teacher teacher needs to consider when respect to content development. As mentioned earlier, the first challenge is to select the sport and identify appropriate game modifications. Second, the teaching of relevant techniques and tactics need to be planned in order that the students can play a good game. At this point, the teacher will also need to decide on the extent to which student coaches will be responsible for leading instruction with their teams. It should be noted that the responsibilities of coaching and officiating are difficult for many beginners, even when modified game rules reduce decision-making requirements. As a result, time needs to be allocated to practice in these roles prior to the consequential games that count towards the season championship. Once all of these elements have been identified, the final task is to plan for the sequence of learning activities. Questions will include the number of days necessary to practice as a whole class and within teams before games begin, the time needed to practice games where officiating teams can become competent and also the time needed to be allocated for formal competition in the culminating event. This process is similar to putting together a jigsaw puzzle, with pieces moved from place to place as more important components are consolidated. While the teacher in sport education does hand over some responsibility to students during a season, it is important to remember that the teacher's role is not simply to create the season plan and let students practice and play games. In particular, there is the need to intervene and work deliberately with student coaches and officials to improve their performance. As such, instructional support such as task cards, team folders, skill posters will need to be planned for and prepared. In particular, students and student coaches will need specific help from the teacher in learning the tactical concepts related to the selected sport. From an assessment standpoint, given sport education involves students in all of the learning domains of cognitive, affective and psychomotor, there are possibilities available for assessment both through the teacher and self-assessment by students throughout all phases of a season. This, this assessment should be descri- is described as authentic, individualised and active. As such, the teacher will need to identify the formative and summative assessments that are to be included in a season. The burden for collecting this data, however, does not lie totally on the teacher. For example, students can be trained to gather game performance data to complement those obtained from scorekeepers. Likewise, peer assessments of referee performance or of fair play behaviours can also be recorded as part of the end of game protocols. By consequence, the teachers in Alexander and and Luckman's early paper believed that they had more time for assessment and that the model allowed them to more accurately capture outcomes and enhance learning. Festivity. While in The community sport setting festivity surrounds competition and is an integral part of sport. It is this dimension that is most lacking when sport is taught in traditional physical education classes. This is significant in that the festive aspects of sport is often what makes the experience significant to the participants. While placing students into persisting teams can promote a sense of affiliation and the adoption of team team names, colours, mascots and cheers help to contribute to festivity, it is the season championship and the culminate events that contribute most significantly to the motivation for intense practice and gameplay leading up to the final competitions. Sport education participants uh, reflect that these are authentic experiences as they matter to the the end of the season event. When designing um, festivity, we need to think about including the organisation of the final rounds of competition and the, the specifically what's going to go on in the culminating event. 
In planning for the championship game, it is, it is important to identify all activities that contributed to the team earning points towards the championship. The beauty of sport education is that the teacher is not limited to using only win-loss records, as this is the case in youth sport outside school. Scores from fair play points, role performances, social-emotional learning, team affiliation are examples of points that can be added to the team competitive total. Whatever points are utilised, it is important that the teacher clearly describes the various point values and some form of league table or posters created to keep students informed of point standings. Finally, in the culminating event, should be perhaps the most festive of all days of a sport education season. Like the major sporting finals across the world, the event seeks to crown the champion team and it is usually accompanied by celebrations that are not part of everyday competition. These celebrations should be designed to involve all students and recognise the efforts of as many students as possible. Hence, in planning the culminating event, there are a number of questions that need to be considered. For example, uh, where will there be one final competition for each class or will it be more grade level oriented? Will your event involve personnel from beyond the classes? Who will officiate the final games? Or are there any roles specific to the event, such as commentators or videographers? What aspects of the season do you want to promote in terms of the awards given? All of these need to be thought about in terms of celebrating the success of students as they culminate towards the end of their efforts within a sport education season. Hopefully this podcast has provided teachers some insights into things to think about when designing a sport education season specifically the curricular aspects, but also importantly, how to engage in a student-centered pedagogy that that for many teachers is a shift from their traditional ways of thinking about teaching sport. The good news is this investment of time can be repeated across different sport education seasons. And hopefully the way that the, the positive energy that students bring to this season will be reflected in the teacher's ongoing commitment to this way of teaching. Thank you for listening to my second podcast on sport education.